You're listening to the City Network Podcast. Our mission is to grow and multiply healthy churches in the Treasure Valley and beyond. Head to thecitynetwork.org for more info on our initiatives to catalyze church transformation and church planting. Here's today's podcast. Hey there, welcome to the City Network Podcast. We're glad you could join us. Uh, this week, myself, Robert Frazier, and Josh Branham, the pastor at Hill City Church. Together, we are bringing an interview with our friend, our new friend, Scott Billings, who is a church planner here in Boise. And we like to highlight church planners and highlight what their story is and help people kind of see in the journey how God works things out to prepare them for these seasons of launching new churches. So uh, welcome, Scott. Good to see you, Josh. Thank you so much. So glad to be here. All right. Awesome. What's up, everyone? There you are. Uh, all right. So, uh, Josh, we're just gonna, I mean, Scott, we're just going to jump in today. Tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, family, your work outside of church planning. Absolutely. And I uh, just want to say thank you again, guys, for inviting me on. Uh, you guys have been so welcoming uh, to me and my family here in the Valley. Uh, it's very special. So just want to say thanks again. My background, I grew up in Tucson, Arizona. My wife grew up in Idaho Falls, and it's really great to get back to that state of Idaho. She really loves it here, and our family has loved it here. I've been happily married for 11 years, going on 12 years, coming up on January, which is very great. And we have three kids, uh, two girls and a boy, and they are just loving Idaho in general. My family is largely from Tucson, and I grew up and was born in Tucson. So this is my first out-of-state move. It's also my first church plant. It's a lot of firsts. <laughs> and so we're really, uh, we're just taking it one step at a time. But I, you know, I grew up in a Christian home. Uh, my parents are awesome. Uh, my grandparents were missionaries and pastors. Uh, my other set of grandparents were very much involved in um, in higher Christian education. So there's a lot of there's a lot of Christian in my family backgrounds, and it really it really didn't click for me until my teenage years when I started to realize that that God was indeed real, and that God wanted to have a relationship with me. And that was a huge turning point. It wasn't just Sunday school Christianity anymore. It was no, Jesus really does love me <laughs> and he's real. He's not just a fairy tale or something nice to think about. And that was an amazing experience to be able to, to go through that and fully commit my life to him in my teenage years. And then I started volunteering in youth ministry when I was about 15 or 16. And I, and I really didn't leave youth ministry until just this past July. <laughs> so I was a, almost a lifer for with youth ministry. And I volunteered for many years, did worship and taught and, and small groups and all those good things. And in, uh, by, and in parallel with that, I went ahead and, and uh, got my degree in engineering. I worked at a defense contractor for about 10 years, and that was a great experience, all the while just volunteering on the side at church at my home church at Calvary Chapel of Tucson. And that was amazing. In 2014, I when I turned 30, I had this sort of epiphany moment. And that was the first third of my life. If I live to be 90 is over. And what does God want me to do with the second third of my life? 
And that really got me thinking and really got me praying. It's like, okay, God, I can do this engineering thing. Um, got you blessing me here and it's amazing. And, and I get to hang out with my family and I'm doing ministry and volunteer. It's great. I love it. But if there's something else you want me to do, uh, I'm open. And so when you tell God that, uh, he, he literally takes you at your word a lot of times. And six weeks later, I got a job offer to go on staff at Calvary Chapel of Tucson full time, being media pastor and, and one of the youth pastors there. And I did that for seven years. And then through the course of, of events, uh, you know, God led us here, which was, uh, that's an amazing, uh, it was an amazing story. Uh, but that's just a little bit about me and where I'm from. Uh, I have a heart you know, for obviously for, for the Lord and wanting to see my kids raised up in the ways of God and, and following Jesus on their own. That's really important to me. And I love students. I love seeing that age of discovery where they get it and they like to go on and they see it. Uh, so I'm, that's just a little bit about me and my heart and, and what God has done for us. That's awesome. I love you sharing that story about just like almost an aha moment. I was just reading in Psalm 90 uh, yesterday, actually, where it says, teach us to number our days that we might present a heart of wisdom to God. And that's a, I mean, I think that's a lesson for all of us, right? To be like each day thinking our days on this earth are numbered. How can we, you know, whether it's to plant a church or whether it's, you know, for, for any listener, whatever that calling is that God has on their lives. So thank you for your obedience to that and, uh, and seeing where God takes you. So with Boise, you mentioned your wife's from Idaho. Um, but was there any other draws? I mean, what was it? Were you considering other places? Just tell us a little bit about that discernment for, I mean, I, the, the church is going to be called Boise church, right? Right. And, and it's so about, uh, it's about as basic as you could get. So, so you're, you're locked in now. I mean, if you, if you move, I mean, I guess it could be somewhere else. You just change the name or something, but you know, so just tell us a little bit about what that, you, there's a lot of people moving here, but, but what was that drop for you specifically discerning kind of God's voice in that process? Sure. So church planting, I'll be honest, was not on our radar. There was, there was a season, you know, in the last year or two where we sort of felt like God was shifting and we sense our season was changing uh, when I was at Calvary Tucson. And I had, you know, I had been at Calvary Tucson for over 20 years. I love that church. I love the, I love everybody there. I had no reason to leave. And yet I sensed that, that something was changing and something was shifting. And I, I felt God speak pretty clear to me. Uh, you know, I'd done, you know, doing youth ministry and also the media stuff. Uh, in 2019, 2018, 2019, I had felt God say, Hey, when you're done with this big, huge upgrade project, which was this, we upgraded both of our campuses to 4k with all the video systems and, and, and upgrading a lot of the audio systems. And there were huge projects. Uh, and there was a, it was a great experience. We had a great team and, and, and that was awesome. But I felt God saying that when you're done with that project, uh, I'm going to move you on. And little did I know what God had planned because literally in in February of 2020, we had finished all of that. And in March of 2020, everybody knows what happens. COVID hit. 
And so that's just seeing God's providence in that. And so when we started going through all the, you know, we went through lockdown and then we reopened back up, very similar story to a lot of people. Uh, that's when I sort of felt like, okay, God, like you're, you're wanting to do something different here with me. Now, where Boise came up was actually in August of 2019, we took a group of high school students to the Greg Laurie Harvest Crusade out in Southern California. And we made a great connection with the youth pastor there, and we really hit it off. You know, we took about 40 teenagers out there just to be prayer counselors and to help with follow-up. Really awesome ministry stuff that kids get to be involved in. And just to see their faces melt when the thousands of people come down in the stadium and they're like, are they all coming to get saved? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> so it was a really cool moment for them. And when they came to us and said, hey, we love what you're doing, why don't you come with us and do this again in Boise, Idaho? And my wife and I looked at each other and we're like, that's interesting. I'm not, you know, let's, let's do it. We just said yes on the spot. We had no idea what was going to happen. And we prayed about it. We got a team together. And then obviously we were going to, that crusade was going to happen in May of 2020. COVID canceled all that. And then we said, God, why would you provide all that stuff and have all these crazy things line up and not do anything? And I, and I feel like a lot of pastors and, and church leaders are going through very similar things where they like, God, why aren't you moving? Why aren't you doing this? You, you obviously did something like, why aren't you following through? I don't know if you've ever asked God that question before, but it was in God's timing. And so we started praying through all those things. We still felt like something was going to happen in Boise. We had no idea what we just knew that something was going to happen. We were drawn to this city for no reason at all, <laughs> other than God drawing us here. And we said, well, why don't we, maybe we just need to do something grassroots. Maybe we just need to reach out to somebody in Boise and just see if they need help. And we'll just take a team up by ourselves. Um, COVID is trashing churches left and right. Maybe somebody needs some help. So we thought, well, who needs help? Well, church plants would need help. They're just starting out. <laughs> maybe we could come alongside some church plants. So my wife, Jackie, literally Googled church planting in Boise. City Network came up at the top of the list. And we, yeah, get cahoots to Robert Frazier. Uh, we, we made a Zoom call to Robert Frazier and uh, we got talking to him and Robert's on the, you know, on this podcast, so he'll appreciate this. His first, his first thing that he asked was, so you guys want to start a church? And we're like, hey, we just, we just want to help, buddy. <laughs> I asked everybody that. It wasn't just you, Scott. Like, I just okay. to strangers too, so. Oh, <laughs> uh, I just say it like it, it came off a little strong, but it was still fun. Um, we really had a good time. We had hey, a great conversation. I, I just want to say it worked, though. So it, it did know. work. <laughs> it do, did you have, uh, do you have the number of times it works versus not? Is there like a, a 10 to 1 ratio or, or I mean, still... I'm, I'm batting a thousand so far. So but, you know, okay. all right. Prospects. So, yeah. Yeah, we need to call some people back home then if it's a, if you're batting a thousand. So, <laughs> but uh, we talked with Robert and just the openness and and hearing what God is doing in the city of Boise. It really was um, that was the beginning of God changing and stirring our hearts to do something different. And he happened to know the one family that we knew there, which was insane. Uh, the Dave and Krista Arnstam. Krista they had and like walked in front of my house the month before, like a weird, yeah, yeah. It's just, it's just this weird, weird happenstance, and obviously there's no such no such thing with God. 
but Krista and Jackie grew up uh, in Idaho Falls. They were best friends, literally best friends. They would do sleepovers every night, you know, the, you know, every 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 weekend and all that other stuff. So that was worth a scouting trip. When we saw that, I was like, that's interesting. Let's do a scouting trip. So we did a scouting trip and Robert did an amazing job of connecting us with tons of other pastors in the valley. We met with, I think, eight or nine lead pastors in three days. I mean, it was just boom, 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 boom. And, and we got to spend some time in prayer. And during those visits, God really changed our hearts that maybe this is something that we're not supposed to just come and help. We're supposed to come. And that, that shift was so amazing where God really spoke to us and really encouraged us. Hey, take a step of faith. Genesis 12 with Abraham has been really big for us this year, where at least we know where we're going. Abraham didn't know where he was going. So at least we had that one up on Abraham, but we didn't really have anything else after that. And so God just really changed our hearts. We had thought in the past, to answer your question, Josh, we had thought in the past that maybe God wanted us to maybe take over a church. I don't know. We, we, it was just one of those maybe someday kind of thoughts. Um, and and nothing like when we would vacation places and we said like, like could we do something here and like no you know there was there was no there was no real umph behind it and that's just because the lord wasn't in it and that's okay because god in his timing really showed us what to do and and when to take that leap of faith and yeah so here we are that's awesome well we are certainly glad that uh you guys were open every step of the way and i think you know, that's how it goes, right? Where God doesn't give us the, uh, the Google Maps full road plan, but he, uh, he just gives us the next turn or the next direction. And Absolutely. And that's, and, be, uh, yeah. And for, I don't, I don't know if you guys are like me, but for a type A individual, that is very tough because yeah. you got to have a plan. You got to know what's coming. And God has been very faithful just to give us the next thing we need. And that's been really encouraging. Obviously, God can give you visions and glimpses of the future just to prepare your hearts for different things, obviously. Uh, but uh, he really has been faithful in those next steps. So, yeah, it was, I love that phrase. Uh, yeah. Faithful in the next steps. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I think is maybe a common trend for church planters, maybe even church planters are, you could say, infamous for in a negative sense. But maybe I think there's a blessing as well. It's just the idea of a holy, a holy discontent of if I were to run a church, these are the changes I would make. Right. <laughs> uh, and like I'm saying, that could be a negative, like almost a disgruntled, you know, I'm going to make you make things better, but I really appreciate your heart posture. Um, how you speak about Calvary Chapel, Tucson, all that sort of stuff. But just for you, when you think about Boise church, what are maybe some of those unique things that you would say, man, these are the, these are maybe the tweaks or the things that maybe a lot of churches are kind of missing that I hope that we would, we would tweak or we would change so that um, maybe it would be healthier or, or whatever those, those changes that you might have some of those uh, holy discontent, you and Jackie, as you're praying through. Got it. I think if I could just speak to people that are assistant pastors or lay leaders at their church right now, something that God really showed me, uh, a while ago was my role as an assistant pastor or a lay leader is to support 
the senior pastor and or board, if you're elder run, the vision that God has given them. And it is not necessarily my role to lead that particular congregation. That was a hard lesson to learn. Uh, just because you're put into leadership doesn't mean that you lead everything. And I think that recognizing what God has called you to do and where God has placed you and what is within your purview doesn't mean you don't offer suggestions. It doesn't mean you don't have an open and honest dialogue with senior leadership at all. Uh, we've had some great conversations with, you know, my pastor, Pastor Robert Furrow and Pastor Troy Stoko, our exec pastor over there at Calvary Tucson. It doesn't mean you don't have honest conversations, but recognize that what is your role that God has placed you in. And I think that so many people plant out of frustration and I wish, and my prayer, when, when we started this process, I was like, Lord, I do not want to do that. <laughs> I've seen it just go terrible. I've seen it go sideways. It's not good seed to start with. And I would just encourage people that are either frustrated or, or going through those types of emotions to really recognize what is your role. It could very well be that God has called you to start a church, uh, but the church you're at is not that one per se, uh, unless, you know what I'm saying? Like you really, you really need to, uh, recognize the role that God has given you and to be supportive and to be helpful because, yeah, if I, if, Oh, sorry. If I could jump in here, I would say to, to piggyback on that, maybe if you are really angry, it's not maybe even that God doesn't want you to plan a church, but maybe there needs to be a season of healing and reconciliation absolutely so that these two congregations aren't especially if it's in the same town right yeah they're not rivals and but i really appreciate your your posture and your heart on it for sure and, and i think even, that even that just posture of honor like starting with i'm honoring what's been given to me what's been handed on to me and yeah. you know how god has worked even i mean every congregation has great stuff and messy stuff yeah you can't recognize the good stuff and the messy stuff is going to feel bigger than it is. So like, that's like one of those until somebody's ready to kind of say, Hey, there was good stuff. I got there. I don't think you're ready to plant and take on all of the, there's going to be hard days where stuff doesn't work when you lead. And unless you know that there's good and bad, it's going to be really disappointing how bad you are at church planting. It's <laughs> <laughs> so true. And, and I think recognizing that, that, when I, so I had this thought and I would, this is just an encouragement for people that are thinking about church planting. Wouldn't you want your team to be supportive of you <laughs> when you church plant? And I think it's just, you know, just put yourself in your, in your lead pastor's shoes, uh, really say like, well, well, what would be helpful for him? Uh, what would be helpful for my board? Will be helpful, you know what I'm saying? Like, really just think about those things. Uh, cause we're called to serve, right? Bible says Jesus speaking that we're called to be servants and uh and we lead and we lead that way in terms of things that god has placed on our heart that is what i would consider not necessarily unique to boise church but just a vision that god has given us we really want to to not only teach the bible but also live the bible we want to be able to look at life and recognize that you know what the scriptures has a lot to say about a lot of things that are going on in our life and they're easier said than done. Actually, a lot of things that scripture talks to in terms of our how we live life and apply it is very simple, but it's very hard. And what we want to do is that we want to be a body of believers that helps people live the scriptures and that the scriptures point us to Christ, that Christ points 
that Christ is the one that really points us to this is how we are supposed to live, but it only comes first from that relationship with Christ. And having be able to having people be able to hear from God on their own is such a huge thing. Not yeah, they can hear from God through me as their pastor or another leader, but to be able to hear from God on their own and being able to give them those tools and and walk them through that and disciple them and grow them up in that. Because when they hear from God on their own, I guarantee you like our counseling load is going to be a lot less than what it would. <laughs> when they hear from God on their own, a lot of things are just going to take care of themselves because it's the Holy Spirit in them that is working. The the evangelism, you know, idea is going to take care of itself because God's people has the spirit inside of them and that God's spirit is going to call them to evangelize to their neighbors and call them to do those things. And so what we really want to do is that we want to focus on that. I, I'm a huge discipler. I'm a huge mentor training kind of person. I love that. I That is just, that's using the 90s phrase, that's my jam. I love doing those things. Being able to see people use their gifts and talents and the calls that God has given them. And Boise Church is simply a place where you can be supported in that call and that you can be supported in what God has called you to do within within Boise Church. And that's just something that we love to do. We, we really, really want to see people use all their gifts and all their talents for the Lord. Uh, not just the ones that are highlighted maybe in American Western Church, but maybe some of the lesser known ones uh, that that don't get a lot of press. We really do want to have a complete body of Christ. Uh, that's our heart and that's our desire. Uh, we definitely want to focus on just two things, and it's part of our statement, and that is we simply love God and love people. And everything that Boise Church does ties back to those two things. And so if it doesn't tie back to those two things, then we don't want to do it. We want to focus on loving God through worship, through learning through his word, through knowing him, through through the spirit, through developing that personal relationship. And we want to love people, whether that's through community outreach, whether that's helping the city. Uh, and that's something that we really want to do is that we, before we even start an official church service, uh, we want to reach out to the city and give back to the city. We've already done some of those things. Uh, we've partnered with Boise Rescue Mission, done some things with them, been making some great connections with some of the schools here in our neighborhood. I met with a principal uh, just down the street and they're just, I mean, all school faculty are just trashed because of COVID. They're overworked, they're understaffed. And, and just being able to, I, I have a plan. I'm just gonna drop off a bunch of goodies and be like, hey, you know, here's some coffee, here's some donuts, here's some stuff. Let's like, why'd you do this? Like, because we love you and Jesus loves you. That's it. That's all. So we just want to do things to the community and really reach out to people with the love of Christ. Um, and very simply, you know, we very simply want to follow the Lord. Uh, but simple doesn't mean simplistic, right? Simple just means we want to follow Jesus and wherever he leads us, that's where we want to go. Well, um, I, to follow that up, I'd, I'd love to hear a little bit about kind of what's what's your timeline what where, where do you think the next steps are what area of the city you feel feeling particularly called to just kind of nuts and bolts stuff sure uh so lord willing all of course lord willing 
we would like to have our first we just church. Have a blanket lord willing over the whole we, conversation yeah this is just blanket <laughs> lord willing over everything that's being discussed we'll, we'll put that at the in the intro we'll have to add that to the uh intro to the podcast that sounds great <laughs> so lord willing we will have our first church service on easter sunday in 22 so april of 22 we'll have our first church service until then uh starting in january we're going to be starting just a, a weekly bible study on monday nights at 6 30 and it's just going to be at our house and that's really more so for the launch team and and team building but it's open to anyone we're going to be going through uh the book of acts uh, which is a great book to go through for church plants uh i'm going to learn i'm going to learn a lot <laughs> through that and and really growing the team together and also continuing those community outreach efforts uh, to be able to reach out to the city in the name of Christ. One of the things that really struck us when we visited the city with all the whole influx of people coming in is that the city really had the sense that people were coming to take from the city of Boise. And we want to, we don't want to do that. We want to give to the city of Boise. We really want to have that heart and give back to the city in the name of Christ, uh, not take. Uh, we want to support um, the work that God is doing here. And I'm just so excited to co-labor with you guys just in the big C church, you know, here in the, in the kingdom of God, uh, locally placed here in Boise. I just, uh, I'm just excited to be here. So in terms of logistical nuts and bolts kind of stuff, that's what we're doing. Uh, I'm on the search for if a, if a location opens up, that's great. Um, we're just looking around. Uh, for either someplace to rent or we'll do it in our garage it doesn't matter like we're totally flexible we'll even meet in a barn so if you guys know of a barn like i am all open to even being in a barn we're we're very we're very flexible in terms of what uh what god wants yeah. us to do nowadays with uh wedding venues barns around here actually are quite expensive i know I, I was <laughs> i know i was shocked i was like wow it's trendy and just means it's more Kinda expensive trendy. yeah, yeah. Oh, there's, there's some rats over there yeah we added those as a, a bonus feature make it make it look authentic i'm sure they did i'm sure they did <laughs> that's awesome hey one one question i have for you is just um you are currently bivocational yes uh, i don't know what if you can speak to that tension a little bit do you um view it as a have you seen it as a blessing or maybe a, a takeaway or a challenge in ministry i know a lot of church planters uh start off by vocational um some even later on kind of opt for that as like a missional you know a way to be engaged with people outside of their congregation so yeah if you just want to speak to that a little bit about um kind of what what you do there and then how, how do you view it? Are you like, this is a necessary evil for right now? Or are you kind of like um, all about it? I think one thing I learned when I went on full-time staff, so it's kind of interesting. I, I've done all three. I was full-time secular worlds making bombs and all that other stuff. And then I went merchant into full-time. Merchant of peace. Uh, love it. Ex exactly. <laughs> right. So it's, it's fine. Um, we went from that to uh, full-time ministry. And then now we went from full-time ministry to bivocational. And I think it really, I think the best way to describe it is everybody has a different call. Everybody has a different season. If I had gotten into full-time ministry before the Lord wanted me to, I would have been miserable. If I had waited to go into full-time ministry, I would have been miserable. 
if I didn't do bivocational, I might be making some unwise decisions about how I fundraise and how I strategically plant the church. I, I really does depend on what God has called you to do. Uh, I work at a, my current company is an online company called Rally Up. Uh, we specialize in a lot of online fundraising experiences and that's been really great. I, I've really enjoyed working with them. They're a great company to work with. They're great people to work with, but I've been able to uh, work uh, part-time for them which has been a huge blessing and i can also work remotely which is another huge blessing and i still have time to work on boise church stuff which is an amazing thing for me because i i've served on boards of of church plants and i've just seen the lead pastor just working 80 90 100 hours a week just slugging it out and their their family is left behind and our prayer was that that would not be us there are definitely going to be some busy seasons. Don't get me wrong, uh, but the the normal load is is reasonable. So I'm able to uh, spend time with my family. I'm able to spend time with my kids and and my wife, and that has been a huge, huge blessing. And I think the encouragement is there are some people that are that are bivocational, and that's okay. There's some people that are full time ministry, and that's okay. Uh, there's some people that are volunteer. And that's okay. I think it really depends on what God is wanting you to do. And you need to really listen to what God is calling you to do. Because if you're supposed to be bivocational and you're being disobedient because you want to be in full-time ministry, because you think you're more effective that way, uh, then that's not the right answer. You really want to be captive to what the Lord has called you to do, because it's not a question of, well, am I working 40 hours a week for the church or not? It's really a matter of, well, what does God want me to do? Because that's where you're going to be most effective. And I, and I, I just think that um, I, I really have been enjoying it. Like, I, and I think I've been enjoying it because I'm where I'm supposed to be, <laughs> right? I'm enjoying it because I'm where I'm supposed to be. It, if that morphs into, you know, if that morphs into me having to go full time in Boise Church, and that's what God is leading us to do, then I will, I'll do that. But I will say that there is a certain level of street cred you get by being bivocational. Uh, there is there is some level of that. And so I would just encourage people, don't be afraid of that. That's actually a good thing. Um, I really, uh, so for example, I I like to volunteer um, or I do substitute teaching at, you know, some of the, at a private Christian school here in town. And I think that there's other ways that pastors can sort of keep their finger on the pulse in full-time ministry. Because when I was in full-time ministry, there is a definite isolating effect there there is that isolating effect and there's ways though to be able to stay in touch with your community uh, and not lose that uh, bivocational is one of them even if it's just something as simple as four to six hours a week you know um, there are ways to to keep your keep your finger on the pulse of the community uh, so it's just really what god wants you to do i'm very happy because i know where i'm supposed to be and and that's right here so I'm very happy. <laughs> That's awesome. And, uh, you know, with that, this is this season, obviously you kind of getting that calling to plant right in the beginning of COVID 2020, you know, all of that, a lot of pastors, a lot of church leaders feeling discouraged and challenged. Mm -hmm. And, uh, in the season, I would love to hear, yeah, and there's a number of churches, um, I mean, glory to God, even in the Valley that 
have launched during the season or are still planning on launching. Would love, would love for you to speak to maybe some of the challenges you personally, your family, or even just organizationally trying to, trying to put all the pieces together for, uh, for Boise Church. What have, been, what have been some of the biggest challenges for you in the season? I think part of the challenge is the conventional way of doing church where you have a building, you have people come and, and all those things. The, the conventional way of doing church it was just severely disrupted through COVID. And I like to think of those things as, okay, so there's a problem. Um, there's always opportunity in a problem. If, if the church in China can do it, uh, we can do it. Okay. So it's the same spirit that lives in both of us. <laughs> so we can figure this out. It just is going to take some creativity. And if you'll pardon the phrase, sacrificing some sacred cows of what we know about how to do church uh, and what church really is. For us, it's really been helpful to acknowledge what some of those sacred cows are and to really see, okay, God, we've done this for a long time. Do you want us to continue stu- still doing it that way? And, and it's amazing. It's been really good because there's been a lot of, of uh, reflection and introspection and pontification about what this means. And the cool thing is that God back in 2017 ish timeframe had already got us thinking along these things. And it's just an amazing Testament to God's providence where we had started thinking about, okay, Lord, uh, what should we do? Should we do something different? So the challenge is obviously is, is in the conventional model in the conventional space. Not to say there's anything wrong with that. It's just different now. And you just got to be aware of what the differences are so that, and I think that that, where a lot of micro churches have popped up that they've, my opinion, uh, my humble opinion, they've popped up out of necessity because the conventional uh, method is either uh, not allowed. It's either uh, too expensive uh, to operate that way uh, to start. There's a lot of different reasons. And I think being flexible in the model and being flexible in how we go about it, but the why never changes right? We want to reach people. We want to have people discipled and grown up. And there's a lot of different ways to do that. And I just got to say, thank God for technology uh, to be able to do that. That I was reading in history, there's been lots of pandemics in the past. And obviously that technology did not exist back then. And so it was very different, you know, in the 17th, 18th, 19th centuries when pandemics hit. And so you can use technology for your advantage. You can use those different things for your advantage to be able to continue to minister to people and disciple people. Uh, one of those things uh, has been, we just do a Monday prayer meeting um, and it's just over Zoom. But just to start, I mean, that has been so life-giving. I know that's really small. That's a really small example. But those things are, um, those kind of ideas and ministering through the use of technology. I mean, that's one thing that we're, we're definitely pursuing. Uh, even if, even if we don't have a building, we're still wanting to pour into the community because when people see the love of Christ being demonstrated for people, for them specifically, uh, that speaks to people a lot. Uh, so there's that. Uh, and again, like the challenges are, you know, like some school systems, you know, they're not renting out their schools because they're still, you know, in COVID, some sort of COVID restriction. So there's all those kind of things. Uh, but that just means that that we need to be creative. And so we've been, uh, we're just looking at, uh, like we're looking at little theaters, we're looking at parks, we're looking at um, art centers, 
Uh, we're looking like I'm just I'm completely open. I was at a library the other day and there was kind of a, an open space and they're not open on Sundays. And so I'm like, hey, let's. So we're just we're just doing whatever. Right. Like there's there's many ways to skin this cat. You could do a meeting in your house. You could do a network of churches through house churches. I mean, there's so many different ways to do this. And really, we believe that God is going to present the the model for us. <laughs> like somebody was really encouraging to me and spoke to my heart and said, hey, you build into people and uh it'll happen man don't worry about it and i was like that's good i needed to hear that (laughs) that's that's such a good word because we're really not about church planting as much as we are seeing church plants emerge out of missionaries you know people who are saying i'm sent to a place i'm going to share the gospel i'm going to make disciples and then the form of church is always going to be an expression of what god's up to rather Mm -hmm. than it being something where you know what we've seen locally is the guys who have had the strongest, narrowest vision that they came in with this 20 page document about how they're going to plant. Those are the only ones who aren't here five years in mm-hmm. who, who couldn't flex with the reality on the ground. They had a really strong strategy. And so I, I love what you're doing, Scott, in terms of coming in and allowing the reality on the ground to shape where you're going to start. And then obviously like vision and energy is going to like you're going to create something and you're going to move people towards Christ. And that's going to change the reality on the ground as people are transformed by the gospel. But I, I love, I love that flexibility. I think that's the number one church planter, like skill you've got to develop is I can roll, I can go, you know? And, and one of my mentors really ingrained that flexibility in me. He was the youth pastor at one of our campuses and, and he was one of my influential mentors and, and trainers for over 10 years. And, and I, you know, as a, as an engineer, engineers, I'll be honest, are not entirely flexible. And no. there's, there's <laughs> just, Hey, like that is something that's been a growth point for me where, uh, he said, look, uh, blessed are flexible. They won't be broken. And I was like, man, I hate it when he says that, but that's okay because that really helps us follow the Lord um, and really helps us, you know, do that. And it's not flexible. It's not flexibility in, in theology or what we believe the scriptures are saying. No, we're just talking about methods and, and, and all those different kinds of things. Uh, So that I, and honestly, that's the fun part because there is a sense of adventure because you get to do something that you've never really done before. And you get to do something that you've never done it that way before. And to me, I was like, man, that sounds exciting. Yeah, well, <laughs> and, and yeah. every church planning movement starts with that sort of entrepreneurial energy around, let's see what happens. And then over time, somebody comes along and says, I know how to make this efficient. And they, they come up with like a system for church planting, a very particular model in a place. And it doesn't matter if that model fits, they're going to put that in that place. And so like re- retaining that sense of, Hey, let's see what God's up to that Henry Blackaby. Let's watch what God's up to. Let's join him in it. That's, that's a great stance, man. I love it. Now we're just excited to be here. And you know, I, you know, having that entrepreneurial spirit, uh, is something that, that God has really grown in us. Uh, and, and one thing that I've learned through that is, and this was echoed at a, actually you were at that conference, um, uh, Robert, uh, the apologetics conference, something that was echoed in that is just that entrepreneurial spirit. Uh, only 10% of, of people really have that. And the other 90% are racing to catch up. And so for me, like I need to be patient because <laughs> I'm, I'm way over here 
and everyone else is like, what do you, where, where's Scott? Where'd he go? <laughs> and so it's really, it, so that's, that's been a, that's been a growth point for me as well. Being able to, to bring people along with us in that journey. Uh, and so that's been, that's been encouraging. And, and if you turn around and nobody's following you, you've ceased to be a leader. <laughs> now right. you're the guy taking a hike. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, that's important. Man. Well, uh, it looks like Josh jumped off. I, I don't know if it was a technical issue, but that's uh, the uh, his a uh, coffee shop Wi-Fi. Yeah, classic it, it culprit. Might have <laughs> been that. Uh, well, Scott, just before we go, would love to hear from you. You know, what are like? Let's get let's get real and vulnerable for a second. What are you scared about? What do you? Where are the places that God's shaping you in this season as you launch? You know. Let, let other people under the hood a little bit. Sure. So my biggest fear is that we do all this and then nobody shows up. So that's my biggest fear, uh, which God is, again, you know, th is that a rational fear? Some might say yes, some might say no. But really, when you look at, okay, God has been so faithful up until this point. God has been doing so many things up until this point. I, I need to trust him. And being able to trust him in every step of the process has been something that I really uh, that I've been you know working through. So you guys can pray for me about that to really keep trusting him every step of the process. Just because there's something that doesn't work out or doesn't form the way that I expect doesn't necessarily mean that it's a failure. It just means it's a redirection. And I think that 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 is really uh, that's been a growing thing for me. Uh, you know, with all of that. The, the other thing was our launch team. Uh, it was really, it was, it was, it was a good size uh, to start back in Tucson. And then people started investigating housing prices here in Boise. And it, they're like, no, nah, can't do that. No, nah, can't do that. No, nah, can't do that. And the, well, gosh, what, what Bible passages? Judges, Gideon, he had an army and God just whittled it down and then whittled it down again. Yeah. There's definitely so I felt that <laughs> I totally felt that, but praise God we have you know we got one family that just got here just uh, a couple of weeks ago, which is awesome. We have another person coming up in January. Uh, there's been one church that has been uh, so helpful to us to to be able to recruit people to come with us and help us start it, which has been a huge blessing. And again, that just goes to God's faithfulness. Like God's got it. It's going to be okay. Just keep moving forward. Uh, so that just in terms of under the hood, those are the things that those are the things that Scott worries about. Uh, will anybody come? Uh, <laughs> here's, I would I would replace that fear with a new fear. Here's 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 what I think that fear should be. If like what if you get 15 years down the road and people aren't transformed like in the way of Jesus? Mm, yeah, I think like most churches don't worry enough about that, and they worry too much about how many people are here. And I, I think that if you worry about who's being transformed and how am I participating in the work of God, I think you're going to be happy with your life. Like you were, you were faithful with what God brought before you. You helped people discover the way of Jesus. You taught them how to walk in the way of Jesus and you didn't fail as a follower of Jesus. Like, I think you're going to get to 75 and be like, I'm happy, you know, mm. more than, you know, the guys who are in, who are in their seventies and losing their churches because, they haven't shaped their people in the way of Jesus and they haven't like they, they've lost out on their own formation in, in light of ministry. So um, yeah, I, 
I would, I would focus, focus on the important things. Yeah. And let God take care of the addition because that's his job, not ours. Uh, absolutely. And, you know, good passage that's been helpful for us is that Paul speaking in Corinthians, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. Absolutely. And that's, that's really true. I mean, I, and I, so just kind of hearkening back to my home church, Calvary Tucson, they started with five people in the 80s. And, and then 20 years later, um, it, it's over, gosh, 3000 people. And, and there's and you, you talk to you talk to our pastor, you talk to them, and they're like, what did you do? Like a lot of people are like, what was the strategy? He's like, well, we just prayed. <laughs> you know, and it's like, well, how, how are you, you know, how, how is this happening? It's like, we just, we just teach the Bible and love people and, and want people to see, see people grow in Christ. That's it. And, and so it's really, yeah. you know, you know, it's, it's just a really cool, you know, it's just really cool that to, uh, to see God work in that way. So we've just been praying, God, um, we're, we're relying on you and whatever you give us, like we are totally happy with, you know, we're, we just want to be faithful to what he gives us. That's awesome. Well, Scott, welcome. Welcome to town. Welcome to Boise. We're glad uh, as as just the the expression of God's kingdom in Boise to welcome you. And, you know, for anyone listening, I think that is such a unique thing about the Treasure Valley is there is just this openness and this willingness uh, to collaborate we don't view other churches as competitors. We view them as collaborators in the kingdom and the work that God has. And so, yeah, I would encourage people to be to be blessing you, uh, praying for you with the launch Easter 2022. Um, you know, maybe even God is going to speak and lead people to uh, to partner with you, support financially. Here's some chairs. Here's some, you know, whatever. And uh, I would encourage people to take those steps. But yeah, thanks for joining us uh, today on the City Network podcast. Yeah. Hey, if you live in South Boise, go join Boise Church, man. They are looking for their people, their missionaries, everyone work alongside them. Absolutely. And again, thank you guys so much for having me on here. You know, Bible says, give honor to whom honor is due. And so, hey, I, I just want to honor you guys, you, Robert, Josh, for the work that you're doing and for welcoming us so warmly here to the treasure valley it really is a unique thing there is not this sense of competitiveness but this sense of partnership that we're all on the same team working for the gospel of christ and raising people up here in the treasure valley so i am just i'm excited to be here and loving to to work with you guys it's going to be awesome awesome thanks scott all right take care thank guys. you Thanks for listening to the City Network Podcast. If you have any comments or questions, join the discussion on our Facebook group at thecitynetwork.org slash group. Or sign up at the website to subscribe to updates from our blog and podcast.